I'll start with a few things that have not made the cut, unfortunately. <laughs> and Eric can talk Less about to Lucas's chagrin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. As the one who can't read or write, this is there's a reason for that. Um, but the two that I really wish we've used is your face is thirsty. That's such a good one. And, <laughs> and it's like drinking a cup of water while you sleep, which That's are so great, good. but have not. Eric has edited them out. I'm saving them for a major <laughs> yeah. campaign, upcoming campaign. Those are great pieces of copy, and we and we and we do need to use those. I think what's been um, you heard it here. It's going to get used. yeah. Totally. <laughs> now I'm committed. One of the really interesting and exciting challenges we have is that our products have so many benefits. The benefit would mean something different to each type of person. We went through a lot of really just looking at features and benefits. And we had to edit ourselves down a lot. We've had to edit ourselves down over time because we could say so many things about what the products do for you and what the and, and, and the great features that you know the product designers have built into the products. That's really been the process of, of copy and iteration around copy has been around what are the right messages, how do we say them in the most succinct way? And then add the layer, that layer of brand flair that you want to your your voice that you want that you want to come through. So ones that jump out to me are, we use this a lot, Healthy Skin's Best Kept Secret. It really has been like an industry insider secret up until this point to use a humidifier for your skin. And then across our products, the humidifier and the diffuser breathe in wellness. The fact that like, you know, our products are kind of working all around you in your environment and you can um, breathe that in. Um, and then just one other quick thing, because this is one of the copies and, and messaging is, I, I just love this part. It's been really fun to bring in the concepts that the skincare and wellness consumers are already educated around and sort of place them in a different world, basically. Things around, you know, the young, cool brands aren't really talking about anti-aging products anymore. They're talking about healthy skin. Like people know that your skin has to be healthy in order for it to look good. Like bringing those um, sort of more technical um, concepts from skincare into, into this space has been really fun too. I think Eric did a great job teeing all of that up. But that last point really, you know, just to kind of piggyback on that is the consumer is so much more informed or the consumer that we're targeting is so much more informed. They are, they, they know more about the category than, than most. Um, and so you need to speak the same language. You need to kind of lean into the fact that they are smart and we're not, you know, speaking down to them or speaking about something that they know about on the same footing. The way you position your company in the eyes of your customers is the most make or break decision you can make. Who are you selling to? What problem are you solving for them? Why should a customer even buy from you? All these questions need answers. And if they aren't the right answers, it's going to be a pretty rocky road. So when you hear about a humidifier that's being positioned as a beauty product, what do you think? Good idea or bad? Well, for the guys at Canopy, it turned out to be a great idea. And we got into it on this special in-person roundtable episode of Up Next in Commerce. Joining me in studio here in Austin was Eric Nieher, the CMO at Canopy, Justin Seidenfeld, the CEO at Doris Dev and co-founder of Canopy, and Lucas Lapp, head of product at Canopy and co-founder at Doris Dev. We talked all things Canopy, but we also dove into Doris Dev, a product development agency that has helped scale companies like Blueland, Magic Spoon, BioLite, Supply, Lalo, and many more. During this epic chat, we touched on a little bit of everything from branding, logistical issues, product design, marketing, and beyond. So I hope you have as much fun listening as I did hanging out with these guys in studio.
really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent State of Commerce report. Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word. Before we dive into the episode, I want to let you in on a little secret. Did you know that Mission has the number one e-commerce newsletter? It's amazing. It has really good news and insights and case studies that you will not find anywhere else. So go subscribe, mission.org slash upnext in commerce. All right, on to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postles, CEO at mission.org. Today on the show, we are having our first roundtable in the studio with three lovely gentlemen. I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves, Justin, Eric, Lucas. Hey, I am Lucas. I am head of product and co-founder at Dorisev and Canopy. It's going to be a lot of multi-title stuff going around. I'm here for it. All right, Eric. Hi, Eric Nair. I'm the CMO at Canopy. And I am Justin Seidenfeld, CEO at Doris Dev and co-founder at Canopy. Amazing. Okay. I think first we should kind of level set and talk about what is Doris Dev, and then we'll get into Canopy after that. Justin, do you want to sure. start? Yeah. So Doris Dev essentially is a company that helps other companies bring their products to market. It's been around for about five years. I always start with the roots of Doris Dev coming out of a previous company called Quirky back in the day, which is where Lucas and I worked together on a lot of different types of consumer products. And a lot of the team from Doris actually came from Quirky as well. But Doris Dev has been around for the last five years, essentially helping predominantly startups take their ideas, develop them, set up a supply chain for scale, and then scale the back end and support operations as they they grow uh, in market. We've got an office in New York, an office in Hong Kong, and then teams that lead the work for industrial design, engineering, sourcing, supply chain setup and management, and then fulfillment operations. Awesome. So how did you know this was something you wanted to jump into? Like you wanted to actually do one product or supply chain? Yeah, like actually developing other people's product and doing all the hard things, essentially. For sure. I, I would say I definitely did not know that I wanted to get into it, but got a taste of it at that company I referenced, Quirky which was about nine, nine years ago now, 10 years ago. Wow, scary when I think about it like that. And kind of fell into it when I was at Quirky because I, I, I was very lucky to have joined a VC-backed startup as an early employee. And then through the course of my time at Quirky, got to wear a lot of different hats across product, operations, supply chain, even got shipped out to Asia to set up an office out in, in Hong Kong and lived out there for two years. So through the exposure of kind of seeing end-to-end ideation through 
manufacturing and shipping of physical product, I, I kind of got got hooked. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work and heavy lifting, but I think that's the the fun part. And so that was the genesis for Dorsev was to help other people who didn't necessarily know how to or want to deal with the hard part, the heavy lifting of getting an idea into market and support them in any way possible. And you've had a couple people go through Doorstep that have also been on this podcast, which is cool. You had what, Lalo, right? Or you did a partnership with them. Yeah. Did they go through Doorstep or no? We got in touch with the founders of Lalo when they still had day job. Mm -hmm. Helped uh, with the early kind of supply chain setup and supply chain management work for for their initial few product lines. Okay. And then you and Lucas, did you meet at Quirky? We did. We met at Quirky. Lucas was a fresh-faced engineering intern. Oh, an intern. Right. All in right. the New York office. Actually, when I was out in Hong Kong. So coincidentally, I don't think we ever overlapped in the same office while at Quirky. The very end when Quirky was on its way to nothing, unfortunately. <laughs> but I always sucked up to Justin when you would come back for holiday parties and be like, I'm going to try and get to Hong Kong. <laughs> this is how I'm going to get to Hong Kong because that was like always the dream mm-hmm. to live out in Hong Kong and like see all the factories. Justin was my my window to <laughs> the that. Pre- the predecessor. Yeah, it didn't work out that time. The irony there is you did. You ended up moving out to Hong Kong. We, we followed a very similar path. I think you were just two years behind me with other product brands. Yeah, exactly. Well, what actually happened with Quirky? Because I feel like I knew of it when it was in its peak. Yeah. And then your company kind of reminds me a bit of Quirky. So I'm <laughs> oh, sure God. you've had a lot. I mean, a little, a little piece of it does. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, what did you all learn? And is there any similarities there? For sure. I think, yeah, unfortunately, Quirky spiraled into bankruptcy in a very dramatic fashion in uh, 2015. <laughs> but there were a lot of amazing parts of Quirky that we kind of took and rebuilt, reconfigured for Doris Dev. I think one of the big things with Doris Dev is we have, and I think we'll get to this with Canopy, but we've never taken on the the onus of the financial risk for setup and inventory liability as a service partner until Canopy. So we kind of dove in with Canopy as the brand owner. But for for Dorsev as a service business, we basically partner with startups and entrepreneurs and teams that are looking to bring concepts to market and then fill in the gaps for what's needed. Yeah. And the team at Doris Dev is very similar to the team at Quirky, that it attracted a group of people who are who are really excited about building products and don't want to get stuck at PNG or Apple or whatever, working on the same product for five years and it may be not shipping. What's what attracted me and I think a lot of people to Quirky was like, we get to launch a hundred products a year and we effectively do that at Dorisev today. Awesome. And you both, before we jump over to Eric's amazing background. You both also took a pit stop at BuzzFeed. I did. Just Justin. Okay. What yeah. was that like? That was fun. That was so the founder of Quirky um, got tapped to set up a commerce vertical, a, a strategy to basically commercialize products to the BuzzFeed audience. So I joined him for a little bit, um, working on a new product there, and then realized I was mostly passionate about bringing fresh product concepts to market under new brands and working with startup, you know, founders and teams and kind of going, tackling the hard bits. Um, and so that's when I spun out to start Doris Dev and do it on my own. Do you think the Fondoodler wasn't a fresh product idea? The Fondoodler is a once great 
product <laughs> is a string cheese hot glue gun. Apparently, the inventor has retired to the Bahamas or something, <laughs> right? Actually, that does kind of sound nice, though. Yeah. It was an insanely stupid idea that right after Quirky was like the idea of like, okay, I think this is dumb enough to actually get funded on Kickstarter. And it will give me the experience of like building my own product, designed it, built it, and then BuzzFeed licensed it. I'm not surprised. So it was one of the products that I worked on at BuzzFeed sitting on the other side of the table from Lucas, who was the inventor and product creator. Wait, okay. So you invented this. And he did not retire to the Bahamas. We are in the presence of royalty right now. I hope you bring one next time. I know. It may be in your stocking. Now it'll be considered like a relic. Uh, It's probably priced pretty high Mm -hmm. on eBay. (laughs) I would buy it. All right. So Eric, going over to you now, you were at Birchbox, Walmart. I want to hear a bit of your background and then how you met these two. Yeah, totally. So it's, um, you know, all part of um, this amazing community of mostly New York startups, consumer startups. Birchbox, which was my first foray into the startup world. I was the eighth employee at Birchbox, really focused there on building the partnerships with the beauty brands. So when Birchbox launched, you know, there was no subscription box for anything. Our founders had the insight that there would be a better way for consumers to discover beauty than like going into at that time, department stores and Sephora were like the only places to find beauty products. And they wanted for people to be able to have that experience at home and to have more control over the experience. And I had actually just gotten into the beauty space. I spent my entire childhood and um, my college experience wanting to be an actor. And so I was pursuing that professionally. I I use the air quotes there um, for a few years after college. And then the last time I ever had a survival job just to pay the bills, my friend uh, got me a job selling cosmetics. I had no experience with makeup or skincare products or, or any of that. But I sold for this little brand, which is still around um, now called Lipstick Queen. It's a really cool brand. And I sold in retailers that don't even exist anymore. Barney's, Henry Bendel's. And I was literally on the selling floor talking to customers. That's where, where I really, really became obsessed with the beauty space and with the whole product offering. It was really fascinating to see how customers interacted with this category and how much when a customer found something that was really right for her or him, for them, it was this connection with the product, you know, um, that really made the customer feel better about themselves, gave them more confidence. And so it was really fascinating to see. And that's also where I got introduced to like the brand landscape and all of the amazing brands that were out there. So from that job, I went to Birchbox and started building this stable of partners that we had who ultimately gave us samples for the boxes, um, the subscription boxes that came to our customers every month. And also we sold their products in our online store. Um, And it's just wild to think about how much has evolved in selling online from the time that we started our online store that was built completely from the ground up on our own technology, um, you know, our own internal team building all of that stuff. And so actually Quirky was one of the brands. We also put some lifestyle products into the um, birch boxes. And we also had a subscription vertical for men. And the men's, the men's vertical was more focused, not just on the sort of grooming and personal care products, but also on other like gadgets and stuff that you might want for your home. And we partnered with Quirky. So I didn't meet Justin and Lucas then, but I definitely was familiar with the business. I still have some of the Quirky products like in my home um, and my family does too. So there's definitely a connection there. But the way that we actually met was um, more recently in the beginning of 2020. And actually to shout out another amazing New York-based startup in the beauty space, my good friend from Birchbox, Rachel Liverman, who's the founder of Glowbar Facial, 30-Minute Facial Studios with amazing results, had recently met Justin 
Justin told her a little bit about this idea that Lucas and, and he had that time really focused around a humidifier um, for the beauty consumer. And so Rachel introduced us and that's how we got to know each other and started working together. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my career has been very focused on, on building brands in the beauty and in the past, you know, several years, wellness space and the way in which those spaces have, have converged. I did um, make a stop in um, corporate, in the corporate world, working for like a startup division of the larger Walmart enterprise under Walmart e-commerce. And I got to develop a, a beauty and wellness brand there that we sold in 2,800 Walmart stores wow. and on walmart.com. So that was really cool to experience developing something um, in a more, honestly, a more constrained environment, but also an environment where the potential for scale was just wild from basically within a week going like from your product being nowhere to being in 2,800 locations across the country. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, after that role is, is when I met up with Justin and Lucas, got really excited about their idea as soon as we started talking about it. And it was actually the first official day of COVID lockdown in New York State, I'm pretty sure, Yeah, was the day that we started working together. Oh, so we met twice perfect. in person. Yeah. Um, like, and we remember having conversations that were like, oh, yeah, this thing, this virus, people are getting so like worked up about it. We remember like having those silly, in, in retrospect, very silly conversations. And then we all had to go into lockdown, but we, uh, we built the Canopy brand as a totally virtual team. Okay. So, I mean, you guys are, you know, running Doris Dev, you have all these products that you're working on. Why did you want to jump into one and, you know, be CEO and CMO when you're probably used to, you know, kind of acting in that capacity for many brands at once? Like, why was this the one that you were excited about? I think the goal was almost always to start our own product business. Maybe the goal was to do both always. I think we love building products. And we spent four plus years, you know, including Quirky, 10 plus years building products for other people and always wanted to take the driver's seat, half thinking we could do this better and half thinking, God, thank God we don't have to do this. But I think after a year plus of doing it for Canopy, it's been a great opportunity, one, to do all the things we wanted to do as a service partner sitting on the sidelines and we finally get to do it. And from the product team, that's really fun because we get to design the product and design the packaging exactly how we want it to. From the Canopy side, we get to, we need things from service partners that there aren't service partners for. And Doris Dev gets to service Canopy. And then we get to offer those services to other Doris Dev clients. Yeah, it's been very enlightening on, I would say on both sides as a brand owner and then as a service partner. And I think being involved with both, I mean, Lucas and I straddle both Doris Dev and Canopy, we've been able to make better decisions, more informed decisions, both for the brand that's, you know, helping them, you know, do things more efficiently, but then also as a service partner to, you know, service some of the Doris Dev clients in a better fashion, because we understand some of like the risks or the issues as a brand owner too. Hey there, are you enjoying the show so far? Well, imagine your company's advertising placed right in this very spot during a future interview with another elite e-commerce mind. Imagine your messaging and logo directly connected to the industry's most prominent innovators and thought leaders, distributed across every major podcast platform and social network. Yeah, well, it's time to stop imagining. Learn how you can partner with Upnext in Commerce and sponsor this very show. Reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org and let's have a conversation. So tell me, what is Canopy? Because I 
you know, I think about humidifiers and yeah. I think about the ones, I mean, I have three kids. So mm -hmm. of course you get a baby, you get a humidifier, put it in the corner yeah. and you're like, maybe I'll change you one day. The only reason I ever knew humidifiers could actually be any bit dirty was my mother-in-law at the time was like, you have to disinfect it. It's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just keep refilling it. She's like, there's all this slime now at the bottom. No idea. It was probably poisoning my twins. Who yeah. knows? So yeah, they're still around doing good. But tell me like, why is Canopy different? And why did you guys want to kind of reinvent a product that's already been out there for a long time? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll start and then I'm going to hand the mic over to Lucas because the genesis of the idea really came about from his experience and perspective. That was like the big aha moment around where we eventually positioned Canopy as a beauty, as a beauty brand. But initially, like with humidifiers, what you're describing is very typical, right? Mm -hmm. Most people think of humidifiers, it's either for like seasonal allergies during the winter, you know, drier months, or oh, I've got a baby and I've got to get this humidifier for the nursery. I don't really know why. And then they get sick yeah. and you're like, I guess it's because of that. <laughs> and then the mother-in-law always says like, but you got to clean it out every week. And that's, that, that's the story. Yeah. I think for us, and actually for Lucas in particular, I think he was always, and I don't want to speak for you, Lucas, so feel free to chime in, but always pretty intrigued about the category and, you know, in particular. But then the big aha moment was when he saw his girlfriend, Izzy, using it um, year round for essentially for the skin health benefits as a beauty hack. And as we dug into that, there was like this community of, of, beauty enthusiasts, skin enthusiasts who are using humidifiers because of the benefits that it has for, for skin health. Um, and I think one of the things that we noticed was that there was this weird expectation or need to clean it out every week, which is for products, that's like a lot of touches to have to you know, deal with something and maintain it every week. And so as product people, we were like, that's kind of interesting. I wonder if we can redesign or re-engineer something that was a much better experience. Mm -hmm. And then through that process, there was just this Plinko effect of all of these things that we unlocked around features and brand positioning and learnings that ultimately yielded what is Canopy today. Wow. Okay. Tell me about these health benefits. Yeah. I actually don't know much. And actually, yeah, maybe <laughs> Eric, you were the person for this. Like, Tell me, why should I be using it? Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, we get questions a lot of the time about like, what are your challenges, you know? And this is like, for a marketer especially, the most interesting challenge around our, our product line uh, the, in totality, but the humidifier specifically, is that there are so many benefits that are real, you know, tangible benefits across the health of your skin, the health of your body. We're kind of always thinking about, okay, how do we get the right message to the right person at the right time? That's kind of what it's all about. But on the humidifier side specifically for the skin, if you think about like sleeping eight hours in any given room, right? And if that room is below optimal indoor humidity, which is between 40 and 60% relative humidity inside, I learned all this from Lucas, but yeah. uh, relative humidity is measured as a percent, whereas at a 100%, the air would be water. If you're below 40%, which in most parts of this country at most times of the year, you naturally would be then the air is going to be looking for moisture. It's going to find moisture in your skin and it's going to suck the moisture out of your skin. So Rude. yeah, horrible. <laughs> you, talk to, um, you talk to people all the time. We talk to people all the time who, who say, you know, well, I do everything I should for my skin. Like I'm using all these expensive products and I still wake up and my skin feels tight or flaky or red and changing the environment and increasing the relative humidity inside 
um, makes it so that the air doesn't need that moisture from your skin and it's not going to just be sucking the moisture out of your skin all night. So for the skin, there um, are real benefits there and you're going to see your topical products that you're using, you're going to see those start to work better and be more effective because your skin barrier is healthier. Hydration is key to keeping the skin barrier, which is the outermost layer of the, of the dermis. It's key to keeping it healthy. When it's working well, it's going to let the products in that you really want to have an impact on your skin. And it's going to be like a protective layer that will protect your skin from irritants and bacteria and other things that can cause damage and breakouts. So that's on the skin side. And our customers tell us like, I've never had such plump skin when I wake up. It's so hydrated. My skin is softer, more glowing. We hear all of that. And it comes right from our customers, which is really amazing. What do you do? Because your skin <laughs> looks great. So like Eric's how many... Got amazing skin. I know. I'm just looking like gazing like, oh, so nice. Like Thanks. how many humidifiers do you have around you at night? <laughs> I'm not at the Mariah Carey level. I don't I mean, know you're close. you've ever heard. She says that she sleeps with what, like 60 humidifiers going wow. or whatever, right? I want to be on that level. You're I'm basically not, sleeping in water. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, I'm not quite there. But yeah, it is, it is really about, I think, thinking about all factors. And that's what attracted me so much to what Justin and Lucas were doing with Canopy and with this idea at the beginning is that there are factors currently that customers are ignoring. Like there are consumers out there. This is the consumer that I love, the person who's super plugged into skincare and wellness and looking to build the best routine. And those consumers are always looking for something new. That, and if something really works, they'll incorporate it, you know, into their routine. And, and people are focused on a number of, fa a few factors, mostly like what products am I using? Am I going to the dermatologist? I think people skip straight to like Botox and injectables and, and things like that. Whereas the environment in your home is actually a factor that we all have a measure of control over that most people are not exercising. So just quickly on, on skincare, my thing is it's about the right ingredients. It's not necessarily about the fanciest brand. Like that's just kind of like the, you know, um, like one thing that I always advise keep your face out of the sun. Uh, and I actually, you should also really keep your body out of the sun. I'm not as good at that part, but like a, a hat, a wide brimmed hat, there's no We've substitute. All got hats on, everyone. <laughs> and actually, if, I, me. if we were outside and I was at the beach, it would be like a, a much bigger <laughs> hat and wear a good mineral sunscreen every day. Maybe canopy swag neck should be a giant sun hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yep. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, but then on the benefit side, as far as like the health benefits are concerned. Um, so I think, you know, we've mentioned that people really associate humidifiers with, oh, someone in the family has a cold or, you know, allergies, like let's put the humidifier on. But the fact of it is, is that if you're breathing easier and you're, um, you know, you just breathe more easily, you're going to sleep better every single night. It's not just about when you're not feeling well. Combating symptoms of cold and flu and allergies like cough, um, sinus irritation, it's going to make all of those things better. I have never experienced this in my own life, but we have people, one of our, our partners who we've worked with a lot, Lauren Bostick um, from the Skinny Con Confidential, she said that it really like stopped snoring altogether. So that's like another, another one. And then also having increased humidity inside can help reduce the spread of airborne viruses indoors as well. Um, the, the science behind that is interesting. You know, before COVID, I didn't know anything about the droplets that carry the virus. But of course, now we all know that that's how viruses are spread. And if there's more moisture content in the air, then um, the, the moisture will bind to those droplets, make them heavier, and they fall to the ground faster so that you're not able to spread things as easily. You know, another reason just why I was drawn to, to working on this brand is that there are a lot of brands out there that say that they're beauty and wellness brands. You know, all the legacy beauty brands are like, have tacked on plus wellness. 
and they're like sort of adjusting their product assortment. Or you see brands like in the topical skincare space that have to go back and revise all their formulas now because they were using all these ingredients that now people know, first of all, are not conducive to making their skin healthy and could actually harm their health. And so with this product offering, we truly are a beauty and wellness brand where our products, the humidifier is one, but we also launched an aroma diffuser this year where the benefits span across like benefits for healthy, beautiful, glowing skin and benefits for the wellness of your, both your physical body and your mind too. So yeah, that's kind of the long version of how the product can benefit you. I love it. So, I mean, when thinking about from like a marketing perspective, are you going after the easier customers first who you like already know they're really big into beauty and like putting them as like, you know, first up to go after and then kind of infiltrating the people who just are looking for humidifiers? Like, how do you think about, you know, acquiring customers in a way that is maybe, you know, tapping into probably the crowd that's easiest to get in front of? Like, what are you guys thinking around that? That's a great question. And actually, we've learned so much in the one year that we've been in market about how people respond to the messaging and how to acquire customers. So actually, our strategy has been informed a lot by what's worked and then sort of like leaning into those things. But certainly, you know, after doing our own customer research and then sort of building the branding and the messaging ourselves, our first message out to market has definitely been about beauty, skincare. And we have found great success with that messaging. For sure, there are certain consumers out there who already know that humidifier is good for your skin. They're just looking for the best one. And we've also designed the Canopy humidifier to have features that are specifically right for the skin sort of enthusiast consumer. But then also there's a great opportunity to educate people, which again, for a marketer is like a dream. Like that's what you want to tell stories and, and give people information that's like actually useful for them. So educating people around the skincare story for humidifiers has also been like a major um, initiative, you know, that we've really leaned into. But then what we saw actually, as we got into market was that sort of, you know, you described them as maybe like the secondary group of customers, like one ring out from that, like super tight ring that we started with. We found that those people were coming to us naturally because a lot of people search every month on, on Google for best humidifier. You know, there's just a lot of, of search activity. We were finding that both like based on how customers were finding us and how the press was placing us, we weren't just the humidifier for beauty. We, we show up on the list of the best humidifiers, you know, against all of the sort of legacy brands who position their humidifier just as like that thing for your baby or your sick family member. So that's been really, really interesting. And then one other thing that I'll call out is that we knew this up front around the humidifier that we would at some point, and we knew we wanted to do it quickly, also start accessing new parents and expecting parents because you know that's how the conversation started um, for you, obviously, around a humidifier. In the middle of the year, we actually opened up the channel and it didn't take much. You just sort of like, we talked to some new parents about what the most important features are when it comes to buying a humidifier for, for their nursery, for their baby. And we sort of just bubbled those features to the top. We also partnered with Lalo as a trusted um, voice in the, in the parenting um, space and, um, and opened up BabyList, which is an amazing channel. And so we've already started to segment our audience a little bit, even as a young brand, but there's so much more that, that we can do from that perspective. How did you guys think about getting into like subscription? I mean, I'm sure you came from Birchbox and you're like, we have to do subscription. Yeah. And right before you all came here, I was talking to a company called Love Every. Amazing company. Very, very cool. They sent us some kids play kits. and I was like mm -hmm. blown away. And of course, I was very, you know, jealous of thinking about like a subscription model with them as well. How did you know that you wanted to get into that? I think a lot of that is putting back like the product dev hat and seeing 
you know, sitting on the sidelines for a lot of product brands that go to market with a kind of a, a singular product and then trying to figure out and jump through, you know, go, the gymnastics of trying to figure out how to keep a relationship going with those customers. For us, it was like this organic, natural thing because a critical part of the product is the filter. And we knew, and actually to speak a little bit about that, you know, Eric just gave a really good deep dive into the kind of the way we've been thinking about positioning this as a beauty product and brand. But the initial genesis for Canopy, it started with us focusing on building a humidifier that was wouldn't mold over so easily and was easy to maintain. And then as we went down that rabbit hole, we kind of learned about all of these great benefits for skin health. And then it kind of got repositioned as a beauty product. And we leaned into that with a lot of the features and, and you know, elements that got added to the product. But it started as this, you know, singular, the singular intent was to create something that wouldn't mold over so easily and was easier to maintain. And part of the architecture for the product then required there to be a filter. And so going back to your question about subscriptions, the filter was just this natural thing that we could tack on as, as a subscription component. And then through the R&D process, we also stumbled onto the feature that ultimately became the scent diffusion, the aroma diffusion component to Canopy and realized that we could create an offering for subscription around the aroma kits. And then the subscription part, there would be a utility piece, which was the filter. And then we could create this surprise and delight moment around offering new aroma kits and new experiences with aroma as part of the overall subscription experience. So it was a very organic evolution, but it was very much, it, it happened in the sequence of starting, focusing on this one feature, it unfolded into like all of these other things, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think to give Eric more credit as well, when Eric started, this canopy was like a million things. It had so many features. It did all these things. Like we wanted to talk about everything. And Eric came in and was like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're not talking to anyone here and really crafted Canopy into the brand it is today that speaks to the right number of people. And before we were only speaking to effectively one person, a beauty consumer who hated their humidifier. And now we've started to speak to more and more people with the same product. And Eric built the brand to allow that conversation to grow. So what methods are you all using to kind of keep your customers engaged? I mean, other than they have the subscription, it seems pretty easy. I would think to get someone in a subscription for a filter that you're like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. Like, I need filters for a lot of things. And if it can just show up my door when it's supposed to, that seems great. But like, what other ways are you all interacting with customers to kind of keep them coming back and check out the aroma, you know, new products that you guys are launching? How are you doing that? I mean, I would love for you guys to to talk about this, too. But I can just say that one of the huge benefits of being so closely partnered with Doris Dev is that I've never in my experience had this speed from the time that we have an idea to getting something to market. And the best communication, the best thing to be able to talk about, like that people actually care about is newness, new product. And that's also huge in the world of beauty. You know, beauty is all about newness, always about new products, new innovation. We have done a handful of partnerships with other brands around the aroma feature that Justin mentioned. And we also then saw that the aroma feature was getting so much traction on the humidifier itself that we launched an aroma diffuser that um, doesn't humidify the air, but it, you know, there are a lot of the same pain points around aroma diffusers as well, that they're messy and they grow mold and gunk inside. 
and that they spew this like yucky mist into the air that can ruin your furniture. And so we have a totally waterless aroma diffuser. The idea of mold growing there is like not even a possibility. And so it's really been about new product. And um, this aroma feature has really allowed us to bring newness. Every quarter we're, we're bringing newness on the aroma front and then in hardware as well as you can, you know, we talked about some of the new hardware. And so that's a really great opportunity. I knew a little bit about aroma diffusion and fragrance coming into this, but after learning more, I found that um, there isn't really like a fragrance or aroma brand home fragrance that people go to. There isn't like a go-to in the space. There are big essential oils brands that are more sort of like commodity type um, products. But now we also have the opportunity to grow into like a go-to for home aroma oils that are safe and clean to diffuse, but very um, like sort of on the cutting edge of trends. And also that bring in to the fold, like some of our customers' existing favorite brands. That's been the main way that we've communicated with people and kept them engaged. Do you have some holiday aromas coming out and like Christmas tree (laughs) smells? No? Well, we actually, last year we did a a holiday focus one that was all about the uh, aroma kit that was all about the places that you weren't traveling for the holidays last year. So give people a little bit of that taste of the holiday travel um, when we were all totally trapped at home. This year for the fourth quarter and, and holiday, we're focusing on two two big things that we've done this year. Um, so in October, we launched a partnership with the custom hair care brand Pros, and they uh, have developed amazing fragrances. They have like a team of perfumers in Paris who developed their scents. <laughs> and so part of what's made their business so sticky with customers is how great the hair care products smell. And so we took three of their best-selling hair care fragrances and translated them into the format um, for our diffusion. Um, so with our diffuser and with our humidifier now, um, right now you can experience Prose's sense as a as a home as as a home aroma experience. So we're focused there. And also earlier this year, in in conjunction with the launch of our aroma diffuser, we launched a, a signature collection of aromas, uh, the Canopy Signature Aromas Collection. Um, and so uh, Sanctuary, which was our first drop from that um, sort of ongoing collection, which launched in in July is still a focus for us now because that collection is going to grow. And we really want to show customers, first of all, we're very proud of it um, and customers have loved it so far, um, but we want them to understand that we're going to be building our own brand so that they can like stay tuned and stay engaged. So the other thing I wanted to hear about was trends that you're seeing at Doris Dev, because I'm imagining it's very cool, you know, having eyes and all these different brands and seeing what they're trying out and maybe even you guys being able to kind of experiment a bit and try new things out. What are you seeing right now in, I mean, especially like the D2C market with these brands coming to you and looking for help? I'll speak to some. I'm sure Lucas has some perspective on this too. Um, We've seen a lot of inbound come from beauty and personal care brands as of late who are doing really innovative things around what I always call the goop, right? The consumable bits. And they're looking to marry that with um, also innovative durable parts of their product, uh, meaning like primary packaging. And they, all of them are focused on creating like innovative experiences as well as leaning into like sustainable materials. So there's been a really big push this year to design, develop, manufacture that those types of things. And I think we're going to see a lot more of those. And there's a ton of energy and focus and money and influencers and celebrities that are kind of leaning into that like CPG beauty personal care sphere. So I think there's going to be a lot more of that next year as well. 
what kind of uh, wild experiences are you seeing being tested out right now? And it doesn't have to be within doorstep. It can be just in general that you're like, oh, that was a very cool experiment or, you know, that could have worked well for us. I don't, I'm trying to think. I will, one trend that we've seen, I credit with starting is, <laughs> is putting products like in that. paper bags. We've seen it across a lot of the doorstep clients and by humankind, soft service canopy all, um, all started with this like experience of like opening up this paper bag that was like designed off a bento bag or a lunch bag. And it's so fun and unique. It's sustainable. It's all paper. And we've started to see it like trickle into more and more brands starting to do it. And it's like this very simple, weird thing that started with like, oh, this is cool. Let's do it. And it keeps going. Are there any moments that you guys maybe kind of struggled and you're like, I'm not sure if this is really going to work? Like, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that's very challenging is we're always working on the on the door side. We're always working on new product, right? Which means that there's newness. And even if it feels like, oh, I'm just making a new version of something, of a pot or a pan, there's still newness that goes into that, which requires really a ton of thought and then a ton of testing and making sure that like things aren't going to break and things come together in the right way. And, you know, the way people are going to use them isn't like totally out of whack. That's going to create problems. So no matter what the product is, there's, there are always problems to work through if you're going down like the custom design and development path. So that's kind of what we live and breathe. Like it can be really stressful, but it's, I think that's kind of what the Doris team really thrives in is like attacking those problems and figuring out how to overcome them. Um, and we like doing it across a lot of different categories. So we haven't pigeonholed ourselves into like one or the other. It's more about problem solving in, in the physical world. I think one of those things we've seen that are like, oh my God, this is so much work and this is so hard for Canopy is the aromas are a really complicated part of the business. What makes them hard? There's a development that's hard where we get to work with great fragrance partners, but you're dealing with their manufacturing schedules across their manufacturing locations, US and Asia, the bottling suppliers who want to sometimes do not want to fill your product, mm -hmm. even, you know, and we've grown this business that was, you know, one time a very small dinky idea that we were filling a couple hundred bottles maybe into hundreds of thousands of fragrance oils a year now across a lot of SKUs, which they absolutely hate. Um, <laughs> and, you know, dealing with really cool custom packaging. That's a pain to assemble. That's a so pain. Those paper to, bags. I know. Exactly. <laughs> and designers and the whole team wanting to do something unique and different, which means it's a pain in the butt and it's custom. Um, and dealing with that many SKUs that are getting kitted all over the place. So it's very, very complex. And there's it, a lot of suppliers. There's like, it's a small thing, but there's like 12 different components that all come from different suppliers. So it becomes a complicated thing when you have to manage that yourself. And you can't ship a kit if it's missing. In a oh, room. and you can't. And like, there's actually a ton of paperwork and legality to, to like work through on air shipping oils and importing them into the U.S. So that's another fun thing that we've had to figure out. And as great as it is, and it's been so exciting for me to see how much our customers have loved what we've put out there in the aroma space. And But we've committed ourselves with the subscription, right? That every six weeks, we are giving our customers something new. So this whole process that Justin and Lucas have just described and how complicated it is, it's a constant state for us where we're doing it 
all, we're doing it all the time. Um, but we're getting we're getting better. The problem is getting bigger too. It's hopefully scaling proportionally. Yeah, I always when hearing about that, I think back to back in the day. I used to have an iPad magazine subscription for teachers. Very, very different. But every month I would make this iPad magazine, literally get all the writers, do all the formatting, put it on the iPad, sell the subscription. And by month three, I was like, oh, gosh, what did I get into? Yeah. Like now this per person just bought like a 12 month subscription. They're like wanting me to fulfill this. Yeah. I'm not so sure this is feasible anymore yeah. for me doing it all by myself. So I definitely feel that of uh, yeah, getting exciting, having that predictability, but then also having to meet that demand at the same time. What happens if you can't meet the demand? Like, how do you handle that with your customers? I mean, because I know you guys sell out quickly and people love your products. Like, how do you handle it if you actually can't meet, you know, the bar? Yeah, I mean, I can we can speak to a very recent experience. Um, unfortunately, with like some of the supply chain issues the world is facing, there are definitely occurrences where we've run into a wall or run into a hurdle. What's nice about Canopy and because we're constantly developing newness and there's always something on the horizon around new product and, uh, you know, component aspects to the product in, in terms of like the aroma kits and things that we can offer, we always want to do right by our, our customers um, and our supporters. So a recent experience, we actually had a shipment of limited edition humidifiers um, that we did in collaboration and partnership with um, the Skinny Confidential get stuck off the coast of LA on a vessel. One of them. Yeah, we were one of those. Uh, supposed to land at the end of September, got stuck on, on a boat for about four weeks waiting to berth at the port. And we had a lot of anxious, very excited customers that our great partner at the Skinny Confidential had, had basically, you know, promoted the product and we had people waiting. And so what we ended up doing um, as kind of an interim stopgap was sending them just one of the samples for the limited edition aromas that we had co-developed with, with Lauren as like a teaser, as an amuse-bouche before the, the product got delivered or before we could retrieve it from the port. Again, that was just something that we did proactively, not because we had to, but you know, and not because it was our fault that, you know, we were one of 130 vessels that were waiting to birth. Um, but we wanted to make sure that our customers have always have a delightful experience, you know, with every touch point with Canopy. Did it work? Did you hear good feedback from customers? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. We definitely people were very appreciative because it was a nice surprise. Um, but, you know, it was also tough because they were very eager to get their humidifier but definitely appreciative that we were being proactive about putting something, you know, in their mailbox that they could get even more excited about receiving the humidifier, you know, in a short time. And it was, you know, we did this kind of midway through while we were still waiting and we were getting unclear information about when the humidifiers were going to actually get, you know, delivered from the port. So we were still kind of in this limbo situation where we couldn't give definitive, you know, information. Um, and it's been really tough. I think a lot of brands, we've we've seen this on the door side as well, but a lot of brands are experiencing all different types of supply chain issues, both on the freight side, on the manufacturing side. And so everybody's just trying to figure out how to get creative, how to get proactive with communication, how to set expectations so that customers know what's, what's going on and what to expect going into holiday. Um, I think it'll be, it'll, there, there will be a lot of hopefully education across like the 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 anxious consumer sphere going into holiday this year but, but we shall see 
think one hack was having a few humidifiers available for very, very angry people. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, we were able to calm a few people. That's probably good because honestly, those few people would probably be the loudest. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was good to have a little buffer inventory of just like, just in case. Yeah. yeah. Hold this here. Yeah. I mean, I think what I've seen is like the communication, the brands who do it right and get really far ahead of it and are completely transparent. I feel like usually, 90% of customers are kind of like, okay, I get it. I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. But the brands who kind of, I mean, I ordered a sofa and it's still not here. It was supposed <laughs> to be here in August. And it was like September. And I was like, what's happening? And then October, I'm like, okay. I know there's never told me anything mm. the entire time until I reached out. And I'm like, this is not, this is the problem here. Like if right. you had told me something was up, I'd be perfectly fine. I would just wait and not not care. Yeah. But you can see the difference between the brands who get ahead of it and just say, hey, everything's going wrong right now. Just so you know, we're going to try and make it or we can't do anything and that's okay too. But yeah, communication seems to be key. Mm-hmm. So where do y'all want to be in the next like one to three years? Great question. We um, So this this year, as Eric mentioned, we introduced our second kind of hero product, which was the diffuser. And I think what we've built out is this brand and recognition as a brand to be kind of living in the home, focused on providing functional benefits for beauty and wellness. And so we're going to continue to build out product that supports that mission and really speaks to and leads into the beauty enthusiasts and personal care and wellness enthusiast customer um, with all different types of products that that support that their overall wellness. Um, and I think continue to grow our distribution footprint so that everybody, you know, we've obviously, obviously have made a splash in like the direct to consumer landscape, but there's a lot more runway to get Canopy in front of the right people. And so I think the big push going into next year is, is going to be in retail wholesale partnerships. I mean, as a product person, just making more products. I think there's a lot of products in the home that you touch every day that really suck and like can be so much better. And I think I'm really excited to really use the Canopy brand and the community and what we've built to make better products for people. What do you see when you walk around your house? What do you <laughs> want to reinvent? Oh, I want to see how I, your brain works. Oh, there's so many, and so many of them are not the right fit for Canopy. I <laughs> Perfect. Mean, please reach out if you want to build this brand with us. But a tactical dog wear line is my, <laughs> oh my dream. Wait, Thing. what do you mean by tactical? Like, tell L- me what Lucas, you're thinking. Lucas is a proud dog dad. I mean, I have a dog, but I I'm tell think, me more. <laughs> yeah, it's actually four small dogs. I'm thinking like Ether or like one of the higher end like outdoors brands, but for dogs. That's the dream. Okay. Get at me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anything else? That's the, we'll that's the biggest that's one. The yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the moonshot idea. All right. Yeah. Got it. Eric, anything you want to? <laughs> I mean, the only last thing I'll say is that people all over the world can benefit from the Canopy product line. So I'm also excited about how we can potentially um, get this to customers outside of the US um, and, and now Canada as well. But that's one other that I would add. Cool. All right. I want to do a quick lightning round with you guys. Lightning round is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. I'm going to ask one of you a question and you have one minute or less to answer. Eric, what do you wish you knew about Justin? I think just generally getting to know like each other better. I think that um, starting virtually, you, it's like when a virtual meeting ends, you don't get that like we're walking to the elevator together or we're, you know, um, like walking to the subway or whatever. You know, when when you talk about like the, the things that are going on in one another's lives or little bits of history, you know, hearing before about like how your parents met, you know, in their residency or whatever. Yeah. I think it's just generally um, really getting t- to know each other better. And, and we've been able to do that. But 
I think just knowing more, it, I, it always is interesting to me to like really understand what makes people tick. And so I've been kind of um, uh, gathering, gathering things as well. Okay. Justin, I feel like Lucas can be probably a ham working with you all, it seems <laughs> like. So like, what's a funny memory of him that comes to mind? I've got a lot with Lucas. Yeah, um, I figured. I can tell by his energy. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, there are, there are a couple of good ones. I have very, a very distinct memory when Lucas was an intern at Quirky. And I don't re remember how or why this happened, but you had a false tooth <laughs> that you would pop out <laughs> at very timely occasion. Oh, poor Lucas. He's like, why are you sharing this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that I have a very distinct memory of it. And just to be clear, Lucas is... Um, for those of, of, of the listeners at home that can't see Lucas, very dashing He's young very man. With all, yes. with, with all my teeth now. Yeah. A beautiful smile. Beautiful <laughs> smile. Yeah, very pretty beautiful smile. smile. Yeah. I do remember that. I do remember a lot of really fun um, anecdotes with the fondoodler too, of using that product and how that product came to be. We got, Lucas and I go way back. I remember hanging out with you when I, when I can't remember who it was. One of us was living in Hong Kong and one of us was visiting and just talking about like one day we're going to like be working on a product development company together. And then here we are today. Okay, Lucas, what is something that either Eric or Justin has done that impacts you to today where you're like, you still think about that? You're like, man, that was really nice. Oh, I mean, I've tried to live in Hong Kong since I was like, 16 effectively like wanting to go into product see the world in that space justin got me my job that enabled me to move to hong kong which <laughs> was gobi nice. which was supposed to be a like one day contracting project that turned into a three-month trip to hong kong that turned into three years of not leaving so yeah. and if you didn't think lucas and i were similar enough i ended up in hong kong for what was supposed to be a three-month trip that turned into a two-year stint. So it was, there were a lot of footsteps that got followed between the two of us. Great. Okay, now I'm going to go around the horn. I'll start with Lucas. What's your favorite niche tool that you use every day? I love screenshot tools. Okay. I think that may be, I don't know. I love it so much. And people get screenshots from me constantly because I'm dyslexic and I can't read or write particularly <laughs> well that like I need screenshots and I need to draw and stuff. I think that's my life. And whiteboards. I love whiteboards. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Same question. Think, you're all in such different roles. I feel mm. like you probably lean into different tools. I guess among the group, I'm like the most focused on all the like beauty trends, you know? And um, so I think that, you know, I am probably, it's not necessarily a tool, but I'm doing a lot more research um, in that space and just kind of like keeping up with what's going on there. So I think that it's more just what type of information am I seeking um, is, is, is different. But, you know, those are pretty straightforward tools. So you can just be like Googling and, 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 and reading and reading stuff. But it's probably just about like the types of information that I'm seeking and who I'm sharing it with and, and, and who I'm getting it from. That, that's a little different. For me, I'm a, I'm a physical product guy. So I'm going to talk about a tool in IRL which is, and we were talking about this this morning, which is I have an ice machine at my house. Okay. I'm a compulsive ice chewer. And, oh no, which you is not the good. worst on the podcast. Yeah, really bad. I'm not, you're welcome for, yeah. not, for me not I bringing ice. I gave him bottled water yeah. for a reason, I knew it. <laughs> um, but my, you know, it's really bad for your teeth. So my wife got me this like pellet ice machine that's soft ice that I can chew every day. Oh, 
so nice of her. Yeah. She's like, I'll support yeah. your habit, but in a different yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't want me to lose my teeth. Yeah, teeth falling and out. Yeah. Probably was a Lucas. Yeah, exactly. Lucas starter. Be too similar at that point. <laughs> okay, the last one, and it'll be the same for everyone again, is what's one thing you don't understand today, but wish you did? I wish I understood some of the updates that are going on with Facebook attribution. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody, I, I'm still struggling to figure that out today, but and I'm waiting for somebody to explain it to me better. Yeah, please get at me at just side. <laughs> yeah, you'll get all the help you need. Help us. Yeah. Um, I think my answer is, is kind of similar, but just generally, you know, it's amazing in my career. I talked about like selling products at Barney's and Henry Bendel's, like how different everything is now. And there are so many tools like we just talked about to help you understand how your marketing mix is working. Attribution is like a, bi- a, a big one. I think every person in my position is looking for a better understanding of how people find us, come to us, end up being a customer. And I think, you know, it's just about every day trying to learn more. Um, and I think we're pretty we're pretty good at that. But, you know, I don't think I'll ever get to, aha, now I understand it all because it's just going to keep changing all the time. Um, but that is one thing that every day I wish I understood it better. I hear that a lot as well. Yeah. All right, Lucas? I really want to understand like how a factory works. But we've both spent hundreds of days in factories, yeah. but they're businesses. And they're actually generally very big businesses that are very fractured with departments and different KPIs. And the way they work together is so interesting by factory, by team. And I just don't understand them. They are so big and they have such differing goals oftentimes that like, I would love to fully understand how a manufacturer truly works and the constraints they're under. Cause they don't, they have very different goals and clients, I would say, than the, the companies they are building products for. They are often not aligned. Well, Lucas, you might be going back to Hong Kong very soon. I can't right? wait. <laughs> Maybe Doris Dev just needs to open up your own facility. Exactly. And then you guys can teach oh, Lucas. Is this what's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Very fun having you on. Until Thanks next so time, much. where can people learn more about Doris Dev and Canopy? Instagram. Instagram at get.canopy. Getcanopy.co is our site. Just completely relaunched. Yeah. Ooh. This week. Looks nice. amazing. And Doris Dev is at Doris.dev or Doris.dev. Or DorisDev.com. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, you'll probably also love our e-commerce newsletter. To get it delivered straight to your inbox every week, sign up at mission.org slash upnextincommerce. Thank you for checking out another epic hour of business insights and inspiration on the Up Next in Commerce podcast. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in partnering with us to bring your brand to a growing audience of e-commerce experts, reach out to me at stephanie at mission.org to get the conversation started.